We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale in the building talking everything MMA on today's show. UFC 267, which wasn't a pay-per-view, but kind of felt like a pay-per-view, but it was free, but not free because it's on ESPN Plus and that costs money. So it gets kind of confusing. But we got to recap that and then talk UFC 268, which is a pay-per-view, which is also on ESPN Plus, which happens next week from Madison Square Garden. So tons of stuff to talk in the world of MMA. As you can see, it is Halloween weekend. I guess some of you guys can see. You'll see this when we have clips. People in the hallway can see if they're watching live. I am out here right now, geared up, dressed up in my Halloween costume because I promised my son we would match for Halloween or we'll have a father-son themed, I guess, outfit. He is in Kansas City because that is where he lives. So I told him, you know what? I'll wear it to the show. You'll be able to see me. So I am All Might from My Hero Academia today. Got my joints. My blonde wig hasn't come in through Amazon yet, but there is a blonde wig that goes with this that I will be wearing on Halloween. I don't know if I'm trick-or-treating because my daughter's too old for that. But (laughs) I will be going somewhere, maybe to just like a bar, a costume contest or something, as All Might tomorrow. So I have this. Um, This is a one-piece top to bottom. So... uh, I'm glad that I am covered by this desk right now. Don't need to see all that, but you guys get the gist. Dre, are you in a Halloween spirit? Are you usually do a lot for Halloween? Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to know who I am for Halloween? A black man in America. The scariest (laughs) thing in the land. Um, Ooh, you scary. Frightening. But no, you know, Halloween, I watch horror movies, and my daughter dresses up. She has three costumes. She's a unicorn. She's a skeleton. She's something else tomorrow. I don't know what my, my daughter's going to be tomorrow. And then I got my niece and nephew over. My nephew is 15. Yeah. He's a giant. He could care less about <laughs> anything in life whatsoever. Teenagers don't care about anything. No, not at all. He should be Andre the Giant, though. He could have pulled off the singlet. The yeah, he wouldn't thing. even do that. But other than that, it's just me doing my horror movie uh, marathon. What was this year? Usually they're themed. So you've done, like, Japanese movies and went through all of them. You've done yeah. all the classics one year where you went through, like, Kruger and all this good stuff. I, there's no theme. I'm just catching up on horror. I'm watching Candyman finally tomorrow. I haven't watched Candyman okay. yet. I haven't watched it. I'm watching, yeah, my, I think my theme this year is black horror movies. There's like six of them. Really? Yeah, like total. Uh, <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> like, you know, obviously everybody's seen Get Out and Us, but I haven't seen Candyman yet. There's a movie called Horror Noir. It's an anthology that's on Shudder that I'm okay. watching. Um, and then I'm going to find some other black horror movies that aren't really out there. So Black Horror Weekend, because black people don't do a ton of horror, because we watch horror and we go, white people, why do you do that? Why did you yeah, fall? Yeah, yeah. And then why didn't you why, get out of the house? Like in Poltergeist, I love Poltergeist. When the house tells them to get out, they didn't leave. House didn't, wouldn't need to tell me anything else other than that. House says, Andreas, get out. Andreas says, family, let's go. <laughs> the only thing that's coming with me is my PS5 and my Xbox. That's it. And maybe a few pair of kicks. And if that's not haunted, <laughs> you straight. Yeah. No, no, it's your house now. Like, yeah, you, I don't not... play these games. I, I, I watched The Craft Legacy last night because I like the original Craft. I yeah. saw the sequel, and the sequel sucks. Um, and then what else did I watch? I, there was a bunch of movies that I watched, and me and my wife would stop and look at each other, and we'd go, yeah, black people can't be in this one. Would you, did you watch the new Halloween? Yes. How was it? Good? It's good. I mean, it's like the multiverse of Halloween. Oh, so okay. it's, basically, <laughs> it's basically what happens at the end of the first one. Uh, for those who've seen Halloween, you know, Halloween 1, 2, uh, the second one? No, 3. 3 has nothing to do with anything else. Kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 has nothing to do with yeah. the rest of the movies. 3 has nothing to do with it, and then it continues on. Here, it's basically, well, what happens if one ends and we start a whole new angle with the new series uh, of Halloween? So that's what this is. But still, somehow, like, 40 years later. Yeah. Okay. So it's like... So he never comes back within that period of 40 years. No. If anybody saw the most recent Halloween, because this is basically a trilogy of movies, it's the second one of that trilogy, there's Halloween 1 from 1978, then there's Halloween, whatever, it's Michael Myers, whatever, which came out two years ago, then this one that came out, and then next year is the, the final installment, which is supposed to be two years after this one came out. Okay. So it's like a whole new Doctor Strange multiverse. So I'm excited. I'm I mean, not I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Halloween guy. Like, I love Halloween. I like John Carpenter. I'm a, a movie guy, but Freddy Krueger's always been my favorite of any, because oh, it's, it's real. It used to scare me to death. Like, and I'm, again, I don't watch scary movies because I'm still scared of the dark at 33 years old. So I like walk to my crib, I turn on every light That's to go to the kitchen, I come back, I turn off every light, and on the last one, I flip it off, and I, I jet to the room. Like, I can't do what it. What do you think happens at night? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the dark. I don't care what could or could not happen. Just the fear of what if is, is enough for me. I don't you, like the dark. Are enough. your kids scared of the dark, too? No. They, they sleep in the dark. So they protect you. Wait, you don't sleep in the dark? No, I don't sleep in the dark. You have a nightlight? No, my TV is always on. What happens if the TV goes out? As a sleep timer, I'll wake up from my sleep and turn it back on. <laughs> and then fall back to sleep. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I don't, I don't sleep in the dark. My TV <laughs> is constantly going all night. It's on Friends or it's on Seinfeld now. Or I watch like How I Met Your Mother. It's always a comedy too. Because um, <laughs> this is the way off track. But I dream like I'm a lucid dreamer. So I remember all my dreams. Like when I get up, I can tell you my dream start to finish. And... Uh, what's going on can translate into my dream. So if it's something scary or like, God forbid, like I've had it on like normal TV before streaming services and a crazy commercial will come on and it's in my dream and I'm just tight because I know where it came from while I'm dreaming and I get really upset and I wake up or you know, the BET days with like the stupid infomercials or something will switch on. You. Oh, they, they start yelling. BET Yo. church on Sunday. <laughs> I, used to go, I used to fall asleep watching BET. Because, like, uncut or whatever. Yeah. About 4 or 5 oh, yeah. in the morning would be Sunday service BT, and it would scare the crap. It would be like, hallelujah.
Kaluuya, and I'd be like, what? Why? It's for, <laughs> like, what? Especially if you go like to the club or something like that, and you got that yeah. yelling at you. Yeah, they're notorious for that. But I don't understand. Like, so why don't you sleep in the dark? And then nothing gets in your dreams. No, because then my mind is, uh, my mind is very weird if I have no um, stimulus outside of it. Like, if I sleep without anything going on around me, it's harder to control my dreams, and I can't control like what I'm about to dream. You are special. Oh, it's weird, yo. It's weird. My wife breaks it down to everyone. They think I'm, like, very, very weird. But, like, I've had dreams about, like, her dad when he was, like, 30. And, like, I'm talking to her, and I wake up, and I talk to her stepmother, and I paint, like, the entire picture of where they lived 30 years ago. And, like, be like, yo, I could see this. And she's like, yo, that's so weird. I've, <laughs> I've dreamt about weird stuff. Uh, I ran late. Light was off. Like, TV went off. I think we might have been at, like, a hotel or something where, like, it went off. And... um dreamt about like my grandma and like something that happened in her childhood that she's never told anyone about called her because i woke up i was like woke up anxious woke up at like 4 a.m called her and she was like yo that's so crazy and gave her like the names of the people involved she was like really weirded out well she wasn't weirded out actually she's a crazy puerto rican lady and she just took it in stride because it's like you know people leave like shit and shit like that in puerto rico so like it's, it's nothing it's nothing weird but all right yeah so no i need like some type of racket and commotion, probably where my hot takes come from because I never turn my brain off. So That, that is a poor excuse for having <laughs> terrible hot takes. But they're right. not terrible. They're very good hot takes. No, People agreed with my rock one and Cena one wholeheartedly on uh, social media. How many? Three people agree with that? Three more than you thought would agree. I'm sure there's a few goofs that agree with you on certain <laughs> things. It always happens. That's why you, you know, people like hot take health because people go, I'm just as crazy as him. And I'll say these ridiculous things as well. See, the human hot take machine. Yeah. Congratulations. And well. I should have been that for Halloween. I, uh, I want to know what that looks like. Oh, just a straight superhero costume of the human hot take machine? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing it. Who does your uh, animation for Our Heroes Rock? Johnny Davenport, who does the New Day's John Ring Gear. Tell Johnny, tell Johnny he got an email coming his way. All right. We're we doing this. I see what he did for Woods and Kofi oh, and the, the mock-ups. It ain't even done. Like, there's more. Oh, tell him I need gear. Yo. Tell him, like, yo, my, my co-host is going to hit you up for gear, and he's going to wear it on the show. <laughs> John, Johnny's incredible. Like, I know this isn't the wrestling show, but anybody watched SmackDown and saw John, uh, Woods' gear oh. last night with the, the crown, with the X and the W, that's yep. all Johnny. Basically, that looks so amazing. Woods basically told Johnny, like, I want all this stuff in my, in my king outfit. And Johnny was able to put everything in there. They got the seal. There's more. Like, there's, there's stuff. They got it done in, like, record time. And then Johnny, we were talking this morning, and he sent me the rest. And I was like, this dude's incredible. Yo, it looked like Final Fantasy. Of course, that's one of the inspirations. Okay. I was like, yeah. I looked. I was like, yo, he's like a straight Final Fantasy yeah. character out here. He, it looks he, amazing. All of it was incorporated in there. So, yeah, next oh. Halloween, I was, yeah, because uh, Main Event Gear does the actual gear. Johnny does all the design. So, Okay. Figure out what the human hot take machine would look like. Yes, we're going to make it happen next year. I'll be here as the human hot take machine. Shout out to Johnny. Uh, I couldn't do that today because after this, I'm going to a bachelor party. So this literally, we, I watched UFC help cover that this morning. There's some fights later, which I will be covering while at this bachelor party. You're crazy. Just take a day off. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't take days off. Um, obviously, we're here doing the podcast. I don't take days off. So... The bachelor party. How are you going to cover a fight at a bachelor party? Oh, easy. Easy. I cover I kick, a fight from anywhere at I this point you in out. life. You'd be out of my bachelor You can't work in my bachelor party. The, so the bachelor party is, we all got like a room, a suite downtown Las Vegas. At, what is that, Circa or something? Yeah. Got a suite there. 
going to chill, go to dinner, go downstairs, go to this one of the lounges downtown, come back, drink, gamble, and then back up to the room. And this makes me think, oh, yeah, I'm washed. Like at this point in life, because that's like the, the bachelor party and people planning it for a week, a week or two and all this stuff. And the only thing we came up with was, oh, we're just going to go downtown Las Vegas and drink. Yeah, y'all are washed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like my, I could tell from my first bachelor party to my second that I was just a completely different person. Like my, my first bachelor party, yes, I've had two. <laughs> my first one uh, was at Spearmint Rhino here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We had like the, the room in the back, like the, the VIP room and all this stuff, where I remember a Red Bull on the menu was $68. I'm sorry, what? The Red Bull in this room was $68. Because they comped the bottles for us, because I knew like the head of security and stuff. Because uh-huh. um, I definitely didn't have no money back then. I was like 21, um, 22. And so he comped the bottles and everything. And then it came with like a couple of mixers. I got orange juice, cranberry juice. Because back then, that's all you drink. Right. I had like Grey Goose or like some type of vodka. And uh, someone was like, oh, I want vodka Red Bull. The guy was like, no, I only drink vodka Red Bull. Vodka Red Bull. All right. So he went to the bar. They brought the menu. $68. For Red Bull. For Red Bull. The waters that didn't come with the section, $40. Did you buy anything? No, I didn't buy a thing. Good job. I I had like uh you I've explained my uh gentleman's club etiquette to yes. you and the, the listeners. <laughs> did of you have show. a milk? Did you have a milk on the rocks? No, they did not bring me milk, but I did have cake. Cause I always eat at the strip club. Always, always, always. You got a problem. No, the kitchens are delicious. <laughs> I just came from Atlanta. I'm so tight because I didn't get a chance to go to Magic City and cop some wings. Ten piece? Lemon pepper hot? You realize Lou Williams has not been the same. <laughs> he is not, I don't even know if he's in the league. He's in the league. He he's plays for league? Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know he, he plays went back. for Atlanta. Oh yeah, nah. He's literally just at Magic City. Yeah. He's like, I came to go to Magic City. I didn't come to play. <laughs> I ain't come to ball. <laughs> Comes off the bench, so he's like, all right, I ain't got to <laughs> do too much work. Give me some lemon pepper wings. Call it a day. Oh man, nah. Like strip club food is immaculate. So yeah, I had, I had that. I had a good night. Um, I'm 21, 22. You know, I'm an idiot. I got like a dance in the back that was way too expensive. Um, that turned into like, you know, your buddies are like, hey, it's your bachelor party. I'm going to buy you a dance. And I'm like, yeah, buy me this dance. Cool. And I get back there and they pay enough for like three songs. And then um, I remember just getting talked into like another six. Mm. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, never again. You were green. Oh, never again. She started telling me how she was in school and she was a nice person from what I can recall. And I was just like, just infatuated with a stripper for a night. It probably should have told me all I needed to know about my first marriage. What was the bill? Oh, for the six dances? Yeah. I went to the ATM. So, I mean, this is 12 years ago. I, 12 years ago, it wasn't inflation prices. I mean, it was 450 They paid 300 for me to get back there for the three songs. And then... She gave me a deal. Like, yo, I gave you a deal. <laughs> Ain't no deals at the strip club. For four fifty, I'll give you six more songs. That's $150 you don't have to pay. I was like, I'm a man that likes a bargain. Wow. Four fifty. I remember, the only thing I remember, no clue what her name is, no anything. It's one of those things where they're like, yo, you're trying to save a stripper? 
Like, just, you don't got to work here. I was, like, that kid oh that day God. in the circle. <laughs> um, but I just remember she was, like, 6'1", from Columbia, like, brown skin, and then had heels on. So she was, like, 6'4". It was crazy. It was, like, I don't know, like, when I had, like, my mini crush on Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. But, no, you know who she looks like? She looked like um, old girl from AEW. Who? Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill? She looked just like Jay Carr, like the brown skin, the tall, the muscular structure. That, 6'1", in heels. In spirit. Yo, I'm surprised she only got me for 450 Did she overdraft your account? No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I just wanted to. Nah, 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 I was broke back then, like real broke, like to the point where I couldn't have overdraft protection broke. Yeah. Like I was on like a, a Chase Opportunity account. They ain't let me overdraft, baby. Nah, like I, I, I went down, like I remember going out of the crib that night. And I had like $600. And I was like, I don't need more than $600. One, I didn't need more than $100 in really my did. mind. Yeah. Boy, everybody else was still paying for stuff and buying me stuff and all this experiment. Rhino says the limo, it has drinks in there. I would have been good. The fact that she only got me for $450 is amazing. Because I really, I would have given her the whole $600 if she would have asked, if she didn't say a deal. And I would ask someone out there to help me cover like the, the ATM charge, which I'm sure is like $25. Yeah, pandering for lap dances. Not- oh, no, it was all bad, man, all bad. And then my second one, no strip club. He just went. We had the bar crawl. Dre was there. Big Mac came through, everybody. There was different stops on the bar. Drunk, got drunk. It was cool. Couldn't get into the last stop because I had joggers on. <laughs> that's like, I mean, that's, that's the wash life, though. Yeah, like I wasn't – I was just trying to drink, hang out with the homies, everybody. Like, yo, listen, I got six stops on this bachelor party. We got these six bars, and some made it from bar one to bar six. Some people joined bar two through bar four. Like, I loved it. Everybody was jumping in. I was different stages of drunk all in between. It was an amazing night. That was a fun bachelor party to me. So I was like, yo, it's completely different bachelor party etiquette. What did you do for your bachelor party? Nothing. No? I didn't do anything. Shake didn't throw you a bachelor party. Mm-mm. I was on a boat. On a boat? Yeah, I got married on a cruise in Jamaica. I had no clue. Yeah, so... I saw pictures of this. I thought Shake was in the wedding. He was. But we didn't do any. Like, we went, we took a seven-day cruise to Ocho Rios. We went to Jamaica. We took our closest family and friends, those who could afford it, because we weren't trying to sponsor a bunch of people to have fun on my dime. Makes sense. (laughs) It it was right after I left BET. And we got on the boat, and we got married day four of the cruise. So we were on the... So, yeah. Is this where he beat up the DJ? No, that's a different. He different almost crew. beat up the beat. The beat. <laughs> that's, that's a totally different. Yeah, story. Totally, different. <laughs> totally different cruise. This cruise was our. This was our first cruise of many. Okay. And we went and we went to Jamaica. We had weed brownies. It was my first time doing a bunch of edibles, and I ate too many brownies because it was one of those things where I was like, "This is doing nothing." Yeah, to me. that's all bad. About eleven o'clock came around. I was like, "I gotta go." And my wife is like, "Oh, it must be hitting them." I was like, "I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go." And I, you know, like. It felt like the walls were doing this on the boat. <laughs> like Jada Kiss? Yeah. <laughs> walls so that, doing 360. So, yeah. So, if that was my bachelor party was getting really drunk and really high at the same time off oh, of brownies and, like, and, and Patron for, like, a day. And I swear, like, it, stuff is different down there. Like, you would, that's Jamaica. Yeah. Stuff. No, no. Yeah. yeah. So, it was no, like, there was no, like, we went to, like, there was a club. <laughs> one of my, one of, we, we urged, we, we uh, coerced my boy. To smash a girl that had stunner shades on because she had stunner shades in on. the club. Well, yeah, like outside the club. Oh, okay. Somewhere in the perimeter. Yes. Okay. But they were at the club and she had stunner shades on, and we were 
we're just wasted. It was me and Shake. Shake, Shake remembers this. He <laughs> was like, she's got stunner shades on. He was the only single, my boy is the only single dude on the boat. Everybody else had somebody. And I was like, you need to smash her. And he was like, nah, don't give me hype. And Shake, if you know Shake, Shake's like, yeah, man, you need to smash <laughs> One thing leads to another. They're on the dance floor dancing, and they disappear. And then the next day. She was a local or on the boat? Well, this is a boat. We okay, are, this you're on the boat. boat dance club. I thought you docked somewhere. No, 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 no. And he went like into no, the, he into no, the he brush of Jamaica nah, and like found like no, nah, that would have been the end. Of a him. dance hall club. Yeah, that would have been the end of him. He would have made it back. <laughs> yeah, no, but this it. is on the boat. And then yeah, so the funny thing is, he did the deed. We all knew it. Next morning, my wife finds out, and she's laughing at him because we finally saw what she looks like without the stunner shades. Oh no! Womp womp. The problem is, we're stuck on a boat, so we have to see her the rest of the time. No, it's like a boat romance. Yeah, so yeah, that that was like my bachelor party. That was oh it. Oh my god. Making fun of people, getting really high with with weed brownies and getting really, really drunk for Yo, five days. It's like this movie Dorm Days that I used to watch. Topanga's in it. The guy smashed the chick like it was horribly ugly and she follows him around yes. with all the seven days. You saw her the re- everywhere we went, she was there. And the best part was she was there with her man. Oh, oh no, my brother. Yeah. Oh. So we see, like, we see her, and I look at my, my boy was like, we see her, and we look at her man was like, cold-blooded. Yep, we got to see you for the rest of the trip, knowing that my boy. Oh, my God. Once a savage, always a savage. Yeah. Only you guys. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the bad our, part. That's our You, bad. the wife, everybody. Everyone we're, is a horrible influence. We are, we are terrible. <laughs> we are terrible, <laughs> terrible people. People, like, they, they think we're, like, we're like very clean cut, and we no man. We 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 do a lot of bad things to each other. Oh my god, this is why I don't play games with you guys. Like we've explained, like your competitive edge as a yes. couple is horrible. You guys are so similar, and that's why I don't think people understand that a lot. Like when you get married, people are like, oh, well, you're married and you tame down and you do all this stuff. Like no, y'all are just ridiculous together. Mm-hmm. Like that's good marriages. That's how it works. Yeah. Like no, nah, like no one's gonna change anyone. We're just gonna be idiots together. That's how it rolls. Oh, yeah. Now I feel sorry for you, So, boy. look. So, if I I'm were to know who it is after this show, You'll too, know who yeah, you have just be like, oh, my God. I don't think you've met him. But, yeah. Oh. He knows who he is, and he probably listened to this show, and he's probably going to text me. He was like, why'd you do that? <laughs> why'd you do that? But there's Stunner this, Shades. Yeah, Stunner Shades. That, that was her name. We never found out her name. We just called her Stunner Shades. <laughs> Everybody had nicknamed the whole trip. So that was like my bachelor party. It was seven days on the cruise. We went to Jamaica. We went to, went to three different islands, and we drank for seven days straight. And that was it. I didn't need nothing else. So if I were to ever have a bachelor party, it would be if I divorced my wife and then got married tomorrow because I do it out of spite. <laughs> I have a spiteful bachelor, bachelor party. party. <laughs> like, there's no. You know, yo, it's 2021. People have divorce parties now. Yeah. That's have you crazy. seen this stupidness? I wouldn't do. That. People, no. It's like gender reveals and everything. People are idiots, but that, I think they do that out of spite as well. Have you? I've never even been to like a traditional like lose your mind spend all this money bachelor party. I've never been to one. Wait, I'm, I'm lying. Like I've heard I'm lying. I've heard people having them like renting out a suite in a hotel and yeah. they, they actually hire entertainers to come in and blah blah blah. Um my dad, shout out to Pops, uh which I've spoken about way too much on his show. He's going to a bachelor party in Dominican. Oh no, that's got to be scary. Did he come back with something? I <laughs> Bro, I don't know what they I just know it was crazy. Like it was like ten of them went down there for four days. 
And the rules are entirely different down there. Ain't no rules. No. At one point, one day I have my bachelor party for this most recent one in the Dominican Republic. But my idea was, like, the women can come too, and we just split different parts of the resorts, and guys and women, we have the bachelorette bachelor party there together. Ain't no way. No way I would have that by myself. Nah. You ain't getting married at that point. No, you might as well just quit. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's a wrap because it ain't ain't happening – Someone the other day, I forgot who it was, said their woman um, went to, like, the party resort in Cancun for hers. It was like, Good luck. yeah, treasures or something. It's like that in, in Cancun or something. But it's like the single party, like BET, spring bling type of joint um, <laughs> during, like, a big black takeover weekend. Oh, um, no, yeah. Mom. Where, like, a Horrible Decisions did a live show. That's all you got to know. Yeah. Like, Mandy B and the other chick, like, yeah. They were down there doing a live show, and his girl, his fiance, went down there, and that was her bachelor party weekend with six of her girls. I was like, "Did they get married?" Yeah, they got married. I was at the wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah, she said she had a blast. I'm sure she did. I'm sure. Like, listen, I guarantee, like those weekends, I don't expect the bride to do anything. Maybe you do something stupid, you drink, maybe like you flash somebody or something. Like, cool, whatever. I guarantee one of your married bridesmaids did something. Of course. And you just got to now take that to the grave, and now you're in an awkward position. Yeah. So the, the only – so we, uh, my same boy. <laughs> Ends up getting married. No. He, no. Oh, okay. He's never getting married. Oh, okay. Never. Okay. Like, I, this is not a joke. He's never getting married. Oh. Yeah. But one of his boys were, and they came to Vegas. This was, this was years ago. <laughs> and uh, let's put it like this, right? So I didn't know what, what, we, what to expect. They were just out here. Uh, he had just graduated from Stanford. His boys had like a bunch of money. They was like, don't worry, we're taking care of you. Come into your city, come out, and we got to make sure that our boy is good. So we went to this, it was a bachelor party. I don't know where the bachelor party started and ended. That's how, that's how crazy this was. Oh, God. And there were no strippers in like the room or anything like that. But we did, we went to clubs. We just did a lot of wild stuff. But one night in particular, I remember we ended up back at the hotel room. We had a suite. It was multiple nights? Multiple nights. No, that's not good. And I would go oh, home. I, I go home. I go home yeah. go back out. But this night in particular, everybody was at the suite. And it was just like girls that they had met throughout the, the trip. And me, I'm not married to my wife yet. This is just my girlfriend at the time. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is crazy. There's a lot of people here. Some, something's about to go down. So one of the people that were on, in the bachelor party crew, they all had weird jobs, right? <laughs> this one gentleman in particular, his job was to hold the pee light. Do you know what the P-Light is? I'm sure you don't. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) In adult films, they have to light a certain area when it's a close-up. Oh. That was his job. Does that pay well? Paid him well enough. Okay. (laughs) So so everybody was talking about their jobs. I just started writing. It was early in my writing career. I think I was still running Hip Hop DX back then. Okay. So I had a little bit of money. He had it in, like, my other boy was, like, a banker. My other boy, like, worked on Wall Street. The boy graduated from Logan. He was, like... Uh, human resources, and now he's like running like casinos and shit. Then we get to him. Hey, man, what do you do? I hold the P light. And he explains what the P light is. We're like, all right. Okay. It's a unique group of people. So, him, he brings these girls over. Of and course. And we're like, I mean, it's Vegas. He got friends. We're like, of course, this is going to be sketchy. I'm with it. We're like, we're drinking. <laughs> we're just like, let's just see what happens. I have to go to the bath. Me, like, me and my boy were both like, all right. There's, there's one bathroom in the suite. And I remember because we had drank so much, and I was like, I got to use the bathroom. And my boy's like, yo, I got to use the bathroom too. 
He was like, should we take the elevator down? Because, you know, there's nowhere to go. And we're like, nah, the bathroom door has been closed for like a good 30 minutes. And we're knocking. Nobody's answering. Logan's like, my boy's like, I'm just going to pick the lock. Oh, I open, love that this is just a skill. Yeah. But yeah, sure. So opens like, the door, and he goes in. He turns around. He comes out real slow. And he's got his hands in his pockets. He's like, that's the first time I've seen lines being done off of a bunch of people. So apparently there's just a bunch of people in the room just doing lines in the bathroom, doing lines off each other. It's a sweet. Go somewhere else. Right. Be considerate. So I was like, well, I, I was like, but he was gone for a minute. And I was like, well, what'd you do? He was like, I went to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah. So I guess every, it was the first time. So I, I poked my head in there, and I was like, wow, that's the first time I've ever seen people using cocaine off of body parts in my life. And oh, it's like uh, any given Sunday. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. And, it, and then we just got really drunk and blacked out, and I don't remember what happened after that. Yeah, I mean, people go to Stanford. I'm not surprised. Yo, it, it, but it was, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would have also peed, though. Like, I'm not, I'm, like, if I got to go to the bathroom, I would just Yeah, it was, he was just like, I, I had to do what I had to do. Yeah, but, like, there's nothing they haven't seen before, obviously. It's the man's career. Dude, it, the pee light. I'll, just, I'll never forget <laughs> it, because I was like. like sir, you've seen, you seen more than your share yeah. of these. Like, and I was, like, I was like, I was like, so, uh, it, he was like, it's completely normal. And, uh, you know, he, he was talking about, like, etiquette and cleanliness. And, like, oh, and I was just like, so now when, whenever I've, you know, if you go on, like, a porn hub, I'm just like, I wonder if he's doing this job today. I'm pretty sure. I mean, at this point, I would assume the man is some type of director I, or, or moved up. Know. You don't hold the light for your entire career. He went to college, and I'm like, yo, did you go to college for this? He was like, nah. Somebody just asked me to hold a light one day and turn to a job. I was like, congratulations. So that, that's you like- You get paid to do worse things in this world. True indeed. True so indeed. so not, that, that's, that's my week-long bachelor party. There's no reason. Again, you ain't getting married if you need a week-long bachelor party. I don't know if he got married either. I don't even remember his name. I'm almost positive he did it. I don't, I don't know this guy from nobody. I, I would bet my all-black DCs on the fact that this man is still not married today. That's, that's not, and I cherish no value those. in that. I cherish those. There's, there's no monetary value in those. Yeah, Sentiment, I, I don't sentimental remember, value. I don't remember who got married that weekend. That's, Yo, a, that's how wild that weekend. He ain't get married. Because yeah. no way you make it through that. And your wife, this had to be pre-social media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're definitely getting caught on something on social media. Yeah. There was, there was, uh, yeah, this was way before yeah, social media. And the good thing is, I told my wife, I was like, yo, this is crazy because, like, I got did, to tell this. Yeah. I was like, you need to know where I've been. <laughs> and what I've been through. I've seen some things. <laughs> See, I've seen some things. And then at that point, she was just like, yeah, um, we got to discuss, like, parameters if and when we get married and having, like, bachelor That's and bachelorette parties. Like, I just need to know the boundaries because I don't want anybody to go too far because of what you just saw. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I had to talk about boundaries with my wife. I think, I think it was just clearly understood. Like, yo, like, don't be an idiot. And even when I was, like, super drunk, she was, like, very nice to me. and She expected me to get super drunk. But, yeah, not, like, no... I think there was a strict, like, yo, no strippers to the hotel room thing. Because yeah. I think that, just, that was her boundary of, like, yo, that's just shady. Because they come to the hotel room, you don't know what they're doing for tips. You go to an establishment, there's at least some rules and regulations. Yeah. Like, yeah, nah, so, I don't know, bachelor parties are wild. I'm going to one right after this, so we'll see how that turns out. I'll probably just drink, get drunk, and take tomorrow off because it is Halloween. Good. Or just work a little bit tomorrow. No, take the day off. <laughs> All right, I'll take tomorrow off. He's not. Um, no, no, I'm not. I'll at least do a couple posts tomorrow. And I'll be editing this so we can put it out tomorrow. So how about that? Don't go anywhere because, again, we came here to talk MMA. 
That is why I'm here in my uh, full suit. Halloween MMA edition, baby. Don't go anywhere. UFC 267. Recap right after this. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just that quick, we are back. Time to talk UFC 267. I am out of my costume. I now have my All Might hoodie on, staying in theme. Gotta love it for Halloween. Honestly, I didn't know you changed. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the exact same, yeah. the same thing, just in a hoodie version. All right. So, uh, but, you know, gotta, gotta keep it going. It's my Halloween spirit. Look, I don't get your scary movie stuff. Let me dress up. Um, by the way, my On This Day, two days ago, that was Big E, 2015. <laughs> so I got to send E that photo and be like, yo, yeah. six years ago. And I had the new, I had the singlet. I got it, my hair cut like his. I had the logo, everything. Fully committed. I was wow. Big E. And I went and I hung out with Big Mac at the Cosmo and I wore it through the casino. And people looked at me like, yo, this kid is crazy. Yeah. And now the man is world champion. So I feel like I played a little part in that. My All costume. Right. Yeah, I was... I, back then, I was like, they were like, what are you? I'm the WWE champion. Don't you forget it. <laughs> so I would send that to E so he can have a good laugh. What we are here to talk about, though, UFC, so much to talk about. We previewed this card on our last MMA show, and then now we got to see where we were right or wrong. We'll start with. Oh, I was five for five. Six fights. Six for six. Okay. You yes. I, straight I, through? I was right on every single. Yowzers. I was not. So, first off, we have Magomed versus Ozdemir, Vulcan. And goes to decision. Vulcan Ozdemir doesn't look like the guy who was a title contender. No, he looks like a guy who lost to Daniel Cormier and, and the game is passing him by. Uh, Magomed was faster, sharper. All the things that I said he was going to be when he beat Ozdemir. And he beat him, and now he's a problem in the 205 division. Ozdemir, his time is up. We see so many people in the 205. Again, it's traditionally, at least the past, what, five, six years at least, the thinnest division in the UFC. It still is. It was John Jones and everyone else. At least we have some new blood in there. Because John is gone. Yep, Yuri is in there. Yeah. We have, um, we'll talk about the main event. Yep. <laughs> I guess I can't call it new blood. No. But we have changes in the division because John is no longer there. Yeah. So we have these people and it's like, you know what? These prospects, I'm paying attention because one of them might actually be champion. When John held the belt, it was like, well, everybody whatever. Yeah, yeah, er just, everybody's going to lose to John Jones. Just it was John Jones way up to lose. And it was Daniel Cormier. That was it. Two guys. Now, the division's a little bit more open. Ozemir had his chance. He got washed out by Cormier. Uh, Magomed just went to work, made easy work of him. Wasn't very competitive. No. So I can't wait to see where Magomed goes next in that division. Welterweight. Kamzat Kamayev versus Yi Ji Leon. Again, Kamayev's been out because he had 
the Rona. Mm-hmm. He had trouble bouncing back. They didn't know if he was going to fight again. They don't know why he talks him into fighting again. Like, okay, he takes his time. He trains. Uh, he tries to say, train through symptoms and, like, knocks him out again. Now he took his time, fully recovered, came out today, and he has, I think, the, the most impressive start to a UFC career ever. John Jones, ever. I've never seen anything like this. And now this is a guy he beat ranked number 11. Yeah, I'm trying to think. John Jones's UFC career, I mean, he won the title extremely fast. Uh, Quick. And Bonner, Bader, Shogun. I forgot who his first fight was. Nobody special. Nah, I won't put it ahead of John Jones. I won't. John no. Jones won the title like <laughs> like five, six. Well, because he had the, he got DQ'd. Yeah. Uh, he ran over the janitor in San Diego. I remember going to that. <laughs> he was he was just mopping people. He became champ. But Kamaev is is pretty close to one of the most impressive. I mean, is this more is is Kamaev's start more impressive than Conor McGregor's? Yes. Let me give you the stat. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Kamaev has You're outlanded right. opponents in his first four fights. 254 total strikes. To what, like three? To two. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty impressive. It's pretty two cool. total strikes. One of those were significant. The other one was a leg kick. Yeah. 254 to two in yeah. four UFC fights. I think, yeah, you're probably right. I mean. Including a top 15 guy in that. And the top 15 guy landed zero strikes total today. Ate him like it was nothing. Yeah. This, I mean, look, man, I didn't like when they booked Leon Edwards for this fight. No. Not because Kamaev isn't that good. I just think you still got to kind of work your way up the ladder. And it does nothing for the guy that's ranked so, so much higher. Now you can make that fight. <laughs> now after we just saw what Kamaev did, which was pretty, it was disgusting. He swooped in for a beautiful feint on an overhand right, shot a double leg, picked him up, Carried him over to Dana White, said some stuff to Dana, dumped him on his face, and then just completely just ransacked the kid. Like, Jill Young had no chance in hell. He was dominated. Done. Carrying the guy over to Dana is, like, wildly disrespectful, right? Like, yeah. to, to your opponent. I mean, it's, it's the best stunt I've seen in an octagon in a long time. So it's like Habib, you know, talking. With Michael Johnson. With Michael Johnson. It's like, you would not win title. Yeah. yeah no, title is mine. I need title. Dana. You see me. Like, that, that was incredible. This was equally as good because Kamayev not only was talking to Dana, he held Jiliang yeah. up while talking to Dana. Like, no, he didn't slam him on his head right away. He brought him over there, looked at Dana, talked to Dana. He was like, oh, okay. Slammed him on his head, went, got into top control, kept talking to Dana. The awareness, the ability to be that comfortable in a scenario where it's literally almost life and death fighting, pretty much. We saw that with a ref during the prelims. Jesus. Where it was like life and death in this octagon. Kamai was like, he has not a care in the world. No. He's been hit twice in four UFC fights. I... This guy, you... I'm not sure I'm picking Kamaru Usman to beat him. I wouldn't go that far just yet, and I'll explain why. I, and I understand. I'm a prisoner of the moment. It, yeah. Usman deserves all the credit and everything in the world. 
I'm not sure I'm picking Usman. I'll, I'll explain why in our final segment because I just finished doing all my research and by the numbers on Usman Covington. But Kamayev right now beats every welterweight aside from Usman. I think so. I uh, think he annihilates Colby. I, Masvidal. I'll How do you not feed him Masvidal? Well, here's to make him a star. So you have Masvidal versus Edwards coming up in December. Yeah. Usman's fighting Covington next weekend. I don't know what they're doing with Rafael Dos Anjos. He's just kind of hanging out. You want, you want, <laughs> yeah, you want yeah. this smoke? That's, that's kind of <laughs> where we're getting to. It's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> I got some smoke for you. Yeah, you next. Kamaya, I'm sure, is sitting there right now. Is like, I want a quick turnaround, right? So probably if, if RDA is hanging around, it's probably him. My God, that's, that's the Bill Goldberg. You're next when Goldberg yeah. was on the run, and you're just like, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. <laughs> so if, if Usman beats Covington, which I think he will, Edwards beats Masvidal, which I think he will, and depending on how, because I, I just figured Kamaev was coming back before within three months. Yeah, that's a fight to make. Kamaev and Masvidal. I think so. The only problem with that fight, there's one problem. If Masvidal gets mocked by Edwards, it's not as good of a fight anymore. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good stepping. It's not. Because it took Cowboy a long time to lose that luster. Yeah, I'm just saying, but if Masvidal, because he just got, he got knocked smooth out by Kamaru. Yeah. And if Edwards dominates him, it's kind of hard to justify Kamaya fighting him for it to mean anything. Okay. The other fight you make is Colby Covington and Kamaya. Yeah. Because if, it, if, if he fights RDA, and we're just assuming that he just mops RDA. I think so. <laughs> there's only, the only other people left in this division are like Wonderboy. There's a few other guys hanging around that could make sense. But... Like... Our over-unders for this no, guy? We don't have time to waste for this guy. Yo, our over-unders are going to be strikes landed. We're not even going to talk like, is he going to win? Is he going to stop his opponent? None of that. The over-under is how many strikes can they land on him before they get mauled. He's next level good. It's, it's a bigger Habib. All right. No. All right. I had to look at the rankings real quick. Colbin Covington. Gilbert Burns. Oh. Dorino versus Kamaya. All right, I'm here for that. I like that fight. Leon Edwards. Vicente Luque, who's been campaigning for a fight with Gilbert. So for some reason, that fight doesn't happen. And you're Kabayev. Yeah. You pick one of them. Or Steven Thompson. Or Michael Chiesa. I hate that for Wonderboy. Chiesa might be the next one to get this work. Chiesa has a strange traje trajectory. Because he could be in there fighting a top five guy. Yeah. Kamaya destroys him. Because it's, it's exactly what we saw in the co-main event would be the problem in this fight. You're a really good grappler, but you're not Kamayev. No. And if you, if you can't reach that level, you're not going to beat him. So I don't think any of these guys, aside from Kamar Usman right now, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment too, but I'm just looking at a guy with exceptional grappling, has shown he can knock people out, and he's making short work of guys. Like it's, it's not like... When Francis Ngannou burst on the scene, Ngannou was like, you knew it was coming. It was a knockout. Yep. Right? And if you avoided that, then you might have had a chance. Yeah, take him deep. He got tired a lot early. It's, it's a lot worse when you're getting grappled. Like, like you're just getting dry humped to hell. Yeah. What's happening. Because he grabs you, he takes you down, and then you're just stuck. Yep. And there's no way to get out of this. And then he chokes you out. People don't get up. They don't get up when no. they're on the ground. And, like, Jiliang was in a rear naked choke. And seemed like because he was turning into him to escape. 
My wife was like, all right, cool. I'll just go to the other bicep. Yep. Switch. Switch up. <laughs> it was like either tap or go tap or nap. And Jillian went to sleep. Grabbed the pillow. I don't know who beats this guy. I don't, I don't know who beats him. I think Usman has the best chance. And I'll explain why in the next segment. But right now. One shot knockout power is the best chance. You have to have power. You, you, have got, to, you got to make him respect. You have to have something that. Your space. <laughs> yeah. You ha- like, it's like Canelo and Plant this weekend. Yep. Like, I'm, like, I'll use this analogy again. But if you're fighting, like, it's like zombies, right? And zombies need to get their heads blown off. And if you have a pea shooter, the zombie's going to keep coming. Yep. Now, change this zombie to either a 28 Days Later zombie or the Walking Dead zombie where they can run and dodge stuff. <laughs> and if you don't, you're still working with that pea shooter, they're just going to walk through it. Yep. You need big guns. That's why Ngannou was so good for the heavyweight division because if he fights John Jones, like, John, you can do all that cute stuff, but I hit you one time, you're going to sleep. Done. You better not make a mistake. It's the Deontay Wilder effect. Yeah. Like with- Listen, he don't got all the tools, but... He's going, he's going to hit you. Yeah. And if you can't get up, like Tyson Fury. <laughs> right. Like, you're, you're going to touch the mat. Yeah. Everyone who has fought this man has touched the mat. You, you better know. You better have something because he has the biggest gun on the yard. And then it's the same thing. That's what you need to stop a Kamaya. But that's the one question. You always say, can you take a hit? Yeah. Do you see him get punched in the mouth? Obviously, this man has only been hit twice. Right. But... Sooner or later, he will be hit. Eventually. I think I would put good money on it that he can take a hit. I would suspect he can. Yeah. Right? Now, a knee, like if Masvidal tried to, like, running knee him. He'd sniff that out. He's too smart. Yeah, I, I think. This ain't Asker. No. That takedown today, like, defense into immediate offense, double leg, takedown, middle of the cage. That's, that's something I didn't even see from Habib. No, I mean, no, Habib has done that. Habib, Habib is, uh, but that's the thing with Habib. Habib, he'll drag you to the cage, pull you down, and it's over. It's a, it's a slow death. Well, he does, he does, he's done all of them. The man no, wrestled done, bears, done everything. right? Like, I'm sure he's but, done a double leg takedown on a bear. Yeah, but the, the smoothness of, like, you're not shooting from distance, everything. It was kind of like a, a bob weave, and instead of coming with, like, a counter hook, like you would in boxing, it was bob weave, use the momentum on the bottom to just shoot right away. And... Take your guy halfway across the cage. Yeah. Good luck, rest of the welterweight division. Kamayev is coming. And actually, to be honest, good luck, middleweight division, because Kamayev's probably coming for y'all, too. Yeah. Like, listen, I just saw Style Bender get taken down a lot. Yeah. Not saying that Kamayev could just run through Style Bender. That's not a great matchup. So I can't wait to see what he does. <sighs> Three years from now, is he champ champ? I, I think he has a belt. It's, it's, I can't project too, that far. Uh, MMA's too wild, and I need to see him. Like, Jillian was a good fighter, but I still need to see you beat a top five guy. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I wanted a bold prediction, but okay. Yeah, I'm not ready. Play it safe. Um, next up, Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tybura. I'm just upset this went to distance. Yeah, I mean, Volkov is a giant. Yeah. Right? And Tybura did everything he could to try to pressure the giant, try to wear him down. Volkov, he's still really good. Yeah, uh, it's not enough time. If this was a five round fight, maybe, maybe. But the problem was like Volkov got stronger late in the fight. It's, it looked like Tiber was wearing him down with that pressure in the yeah. second round, and we, he kept trying to go for the takedown. And Volkov's legs are strong. And he's got a great uh, lower momentum. He, he 
there was nothing he could do. And in the third round, Volkov just started picking him apart again. And I was like, all right, well, guess you're not going to win here tonight. No. I mean, it went the way I expected it to go. I, I, I just thought we'd get a mid to late round knockout, but we didn't. And then after that, Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker. Look, this Kamaev and Makachev are the Legion of Doom right now. Yo, just rinse and repeat. Makachev, you know what he's going to do, yep. just like Khabib. Yep. It's your job to stop it. Dan Hooker threw a right hand, and the moment he cocked his arm back to throw the right hand, I was like, oh, he's done. It's over. Because <laughs> Makachev, was, he already dug his, his, dipped his shoulders, shot in. It, it was over. And from that point on, and the Kimura was so beautiful. Oh. It, Trapped the arm, it stepped over deep. the right, and then torqued. And I was like, look, don't be a tough guy. No. Because <laughs> Makachev's going to leave with that arm. Yeah. He had that Kimura in deep. And it, again, Makachev... Now, he's a guy who just beat a guy who was a fight away from a title. Yep. Makachev is on the short list for a title fight. Honestly, if – boy, this is a violent fight next week with Chandler and Gaethje. Yeah, he gets the loser of that. Shoot, he might get the winner if something the, happens. I was about to say, the winner should get a title shot. You never know with injuries, right? Yeah, yeah, you never know. There's also this lingering guy named Connor who might come Just in. jump in, yeah. And Poirier wins. And Connor wants the Poirier fight. He won't get the Poirier fight. I've already told you this. Okay. He's not getting the Poirier fight. But Connor ain't fighting this kid. But that's like that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Connor ain't fighting my like Connor could say like Connor go to one seventy. I, I want to fight Makhachev because I want to show Khabib who's the boss. It's a bad idea, Connor, because Makhachev's gonna beat the shit out you. Yeah. Um. But I don't, I don't know who beats him. That wrestling's just too good. Well, we seen him lose because someone threw up a triangle. Yeah. That, he got caught in it and he was tight. Because he had to tap, and he was so upset. And, and that won't happen again. He no, learned his lesson. That was the only way. And at the time, you're like, yo, I remember saying this on this pod and saying, like, yo, that's how Tony Ferguson beats Khabib. Like, if, if he could beat Khabib, that's how he does it, is he throws up, like, a funky triangle from the bottom, and he taps him and all this stuff. That's the only way to beat Khabib. Because at that point, I couldn't even fathom someone knocking him out. No. Because his defense, striking-wise, got to a point where he doesn't give you anything. No, he gives you nothing. He did that to Edson Barbosa. He cut through him like a yeah. hot knife through butter. Yeah, it's like, yo, you can do whatever you want. But my, he, Habib's never been the greatest striker, but his striking defense became, like, so good that he'll just turtle up on you. He'll be like, yo, you can hit my hands, yeah, get a couple yeah. leg kicks in. I learn how to check kicks. And then eventually you're going to get tired and you're going to make my job a lot easier by taking you down. I just want to know when they're going to do UFC Russia because they're clearly just taking over the sport. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always, like, these waves, right? These ebb and flows. Like, Brazil went through, like, a crazy run. And then um, we have three Nigerian champions. Yeah. Like, we have a great influx of talent from there. And then uh, it, then it's just now you look at the, the Russians. The Eastern Europe, man. Eastern Europe, it's just like, like boxing. When, when it happened with Kovalev, Triple G, when, and Lomachenko, when they all came through, they ransacked it, and you had to figure out how to beat them. It's a little yeah. different in MMA. Yeah. This, this isn't just striking. Like, these – these guys, Makhachev, uh, Kamaev, I mean, Khabib is no longer here. Uh, who else is around? There's another one in Bellator. Well, they're all, they're, they're all just terrible they're, fights for everybody. Yeah, they're peppered around like all organizations. Yeah. One was in PFL, but I think he actually just lost Yeah, but I, in the championship. Makhachev, he's, he's a fight away from a title fight. One. He, I think the so. next fight he wins, he's fighting for a title. And I don't know who gets the belt off. That's, that's the problem. Because the UFC looks and they're like, yo, once the belt is on him, like, it's a wrap for the division. So, like, how do we slow is. play this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to get, like, interesting matchups. Because Connor waits a calendar year from today. Connor's done. 
Let's just be clear about that. Yeah, I mean, as a champion, he should be done. He's done. Like, just chase fights that make sense. Fight Nate Diaz. Yeah. Fight, like, you know, just chase money fights. And don't worry, you had the belts. At this point, you try to get whatever. You've had the belts. Chase big money fights that'll get you some more coin. Get a couple wins. Like, who cares? Go Nate Diaz. Go Masvidal. After that, since you put on yeah. a bunch of muscle. Do, do these things. Try to get those wins and just exciting fights. Um, but he could come back to UFC, honestly, where Kamayev is a champion or fighting for a title against Usman. I'm not just giving him that title. But where he's fighting for a title and where at the same time Makachev is fighting for a title. And those are the two divisions you're looking at. Yeah, no, he goes to light heavyweight after that. Yo, just, he's out. Like, he's, he's going to sit like, you know, they ain't messing with none of y'all. At this point, I'd be like, yo, you take whatever McGregor fast program, you get down to 145 stat because, man, you ain't competing nowhere else. Nope. Um, Co-main event, Petra Jan versus Corey Sanhagen. Look, I said, I said this on Twitter. Corey Sanhagen fought a hell of a fight. Great fight. But you need more than hell to beat Petra Jan, clearly. Like, Jan is a brick wall. Yep. You can't hurt him. And all he does, like an anime character, is absorb what you give him <laughs> and then give it back to you a little bit later. Sanhagen, was, he was phenomenal. Oh, that first round? Beautiful like, movement. Got, and then Jan just said, nope. Again, can't hurt him. No, nah, what are you going to do? Got nothing for him. Like, Jan made adjustments. Scored a knockdown, I believe, in the third or fourth round yep. with a spinning back fist. Uh, used the jab, used the uppercut, defended everything, and just kind of walked him down. Yep. Sanhagen had great movement, but he, he had there was nothing that – and this is a guy who knocked Frankie Edgar dead, knocked Marlon Rice dead, and couldn't even pinch Petrion in terms of hurting him. It, it's levels to this. Hey, brother, I, I, I don't know what – I love Aljamain Sterling. You I, might as well just stay it. injured. I don't see the path. Yeah, you'd be like, I gift you this title, sir. He, he has the path, and there's only one. And that is, for some reason, Petrayan slips, overcommits, and you end up on the floor with him on his back, and you sub him. Yeah, good luck. That's the only way you beat him. Because, I mean, the dude is so strong. Yeah, he might just shrug you off yeah. and be like, huh. Like, Sanhagen hit three jumping knees in this fight. And he yeah. loves it because he's what he killed Frankie Edgar with. And it's very clean the way he throws it. comes out of nowhere, he doesn't yeah. move his hips much, and he fires his jumping knee. Petrayan was just like, all right, cool. Cool. What else you got? He won in the last 10 seconds where Jan was like, Yeah, and he whatever. came back in with an uppercut. And it was just like, <laughs> All right, man. Like, this guy, Petignan is very tough to beat. Aljamain Sterling is the champion, but come on. There's, there's, man, I don't know who's beating this guy. And people forget, he, like, he beat the hell out of Jose Aldo to get to this picture, this point. Yeah. I don't know who's beating him. It's another guy I'm looking like, this was a, a night of fights where I was just like, I don't know who's beating that guy. I don't know who's beating that guy. I'm, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Again, you mentioned the movement. The movement looked good, and it was, it was fluid. It looked yeah. like Dominic Cruz-style movement, Very but, good. like, dumbed down a little bit. Got, got but, out of power. Yeah. And I, you know what? And I, I can't even say that because, again, not Frankie Edgar dead. Mark Mar Marlon Marais dead. He hit Jan with clean shots. Jan just didn't care. No. It was like an avalanche. Like, the ball would just kept getting bigger and bigger. And bigger and Sanhagen was like, at some point, Sanhagen was like, you know what? I'm just going to lose. Even in his post fight, he was just like, well, what am I supposed to say? The better man won. Well, I'll tell you this much. 
if Henry Cejudo decides to end his retirement. He's getting ended by a Petty He has options. Yeah, but he's getting beat in just about all of them. Volkanovski? I think Volkanovski's too strong for him. Volkanovski, much like Petr Jan, is, is definitely strong as just, well. Just too strong. Even though I think Volkanovski lost to Max. But that's neither here nor there. Max is a special person. Max, <laughs> Max well. beats Cejudo as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But Cejudo's I, too strong. A little T-Rex arms. I don't think it works all the way up at featherweight. Him, Volkanovski, I'd like to see. Yeah. Vol- I give him more of a chance against Volkanovski than I do Jan. Volkanovski's bigger than Jan. Volkanovski used to be what, like 200? 200, 200 pound rugby player. <laughs> Yo, he's, he's going to talk. Like, so, look, Sahudo's been gone too long on top of that. What's he going to do to make Jan or Volkanovski respect him? Stay retired, buddy. Just leave on top. Just chill. Oh, I don't know. There's so many options. That'd be an interesting name to just throw back into the pot at either one of those divisions. And then we have uh, main event Jan Blakovich versus Glover Teixeira. Nailed it. We both picked old man Glover. I did not expect it to go like this. No, but I, I told you he had to close the distance. Yep. From the beginning, the, the thing that Glover had to do is he could not fight this fight from a distance. And I didn't think he was going to submit him. I wasn't too sure. But I felt like that was a path there. Jan, I, like I pointed out, Jan, everybody that Jan had beat to get to this point, yep. they were compromised people. Glover's actually beat some really decent competition. Getting into this fight, old man Glover is not like Jan Blakovich was 23 years old. Yeah. He's 38. Yeah, three years. Three years difference. And Glover wasted very little time saying, this is my game plan. Stop it. Yep. Took him down within a minute. Stayed in full guard. And then, you know, it was one of those scenarios I saw people like, well, Glover's not doing anything with it. That's not the point. Glover's on top, shoving his head into his face, yep. hitting him with elbows, not letting Jan do anything, just wearing him down, like his little energy bar. He was doing stuff with it, though. It's not the Clarissa Shields fight where, like, the chick took her down and did nothing. No. And won the round. Whatever. He was working him over. over. Like, the elbows, he was, like, trying to cut him open. He yeah. Was getting, he, granted, he didn't advance position. And Jan had, like, you know, cool. He, he was in his guard. He was chilling. He wasn't in a threat of being, like, full mounted or anything or getting submitted. But he was taking punishment. Uh, dude, there were two things that were happening. It was the, the hand, like, he would posture up and shove his head into his face. Then Glover would go into a can opener, and Jan didn't like it. And you would see Jan, like, start to struggle. And can openers rarely submit somebody. You're grabbing the back of somebody's head, and you're pulling it forward. But it hurts like hell. <laughs> and Jan, there, it happened twice, and Jan just couldn't get out of it. And at that point, I was like, oh, if Glover gets this fight to the mat again, it's over. Because he's not going to have any strength to get out of anything. Yep. So they, <laughs> just like I, it usually happens, Jan hits Glover with a good shot in the second round. Great shot. Glover landed a great shot. Jan kind of spins around, catches Glover walking in. But, but what I, this is what we talked about last week. Glover's dangerous when he gets hit. Yeah, more dangerous, arguably. It's like, oh, you woke me up. <laughs> All right, bitch, let's do this. And he, like, he dumped him on his, on his side, flattened him out immediately, sunk in the rear naked, naked choke. Jan, I don't, like, some people, like, he tapped out too early. Jan knew he wasn't going anywhere. No, he knew it was over. And granted, it wasn't all the way under the chin. It was kind of on the face. He knew what it but was. He's flat. He knew what it was. Like, what are you going to do from that position? You can't get up. No, he knew what it was. Both hooks were in deep. We got a new champ. We got a 42-year-old light heavyweight champion. Second About to oldest be 43, champion. Right? No, he just turned 42. Just turned 42. This week. Okay. So he's the 40. He's the second oldest UFC champion of all time. Who was the oldest? Did they mention this on the broadcast? I'm pretty sure it was Randy Couture. Okay. Or was it Cormier? Cormier was 40. 40. 
Couture, I believe. Yeah, Couture. Couture I believe is probably was the oldest. So, and they robbed my boy Hendo <laughs> versus Bisfick. So now we have Glover Teixeira sitting on top of the division. In a division that we just mentioned earlier, it's got a whole bunch of – it's a lot of moving parts. Yuri Pekrajic is the guy that's probably going to beat up everybody. Yeah. Unless he gets taken down. Because it, him being a phenomenal glory kickboxer means nothing he gets put on his back. Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos, uh, Corey Anderson is no longer in the division. Uh, Magomed is also a guy who's probably going to be a problem for a lot of guys. We didn't even get to see his grappling against Ozdemir. I don't know how long Glover holds on to this title. I'm willing to say that he doesn't have this title this time next year. Eh, maybe. At 43? At 42? No. It's probably. not even that. It's, it's, I, I'll take that back. And the reason why is because I think he only fights one time between now and next year. And he, he might win that fight. I, I, don't think, I don't think he makes three successful title defenses. I think Yuri's next. I don't think Yuri's next. Yuri's, they put him in the crowd. I know they put him in the crowd. So post-fight, they, they put the spotlight on him. Does he have a fight lined up? No. I don't think so. Well, he should be next because he's the scariest guy in the division. Um, he should be. Like, I nah, mean, he's got, he's got a, I thought he had a violent fight lined up. I thought he just won a fight. He, he doesn't want to fight in a minute. Oh, no, no. Last fight was May yeah. 2021. Yeah, he Dominic Reyes. Yeah, he hasn't won in a while. And he wrecked Dominic Reyes. Re- wrecked Reyes. Wrecked Ozdemir in his debut. Yeah, um, CB Dalloway, ex-UFC guy, beat him in Ryzen. Nah, he's, he should be the guy I feel like he's going to – he'll fight before he fights Glover next. Damn, eight-fight TKO streak. No, no, he's, 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 he's a wicked, wicked, violent, violent kickboxer. He's not a, a points kickboxer, right? Like, I love Wonderboy. Wonderboy doesn't come to kill you. He comes to set you up. a couple times. King Mo. Yeah, but now, I don't know. Like, the landscape of 205 right now is very open for him to take over the division yeah. for a brief amount of time. I feel like this is about to be like the 2000s era of WWE where that title just gets kind of tossed around a few times. Because <laughs> I don't think there's anybody in the division right now that's capable of holding it for more than two title defenses. No. We thought Dominic Reyes was like... Yeah, and he got smoked. God. Yeah. So, and then, so here, to your question oh. before, before we go to the next break, do you think Israel Adesanya is like, hmm. Yo, if there's a time, you do it now. See, I don't know. You fight old man Glover. If Glover puts you on your back, you're getting submitted. Yeah, but you take your chances against a forty-two-year-old. It's a, I don't know if you do it because if you're Israel, like you want to, you don't want to lose momentum. Another loss would hurt you bad. To a forty-three, forty-two-year-old man, it would hurt you really bad. I think he takes his time. I think he gets a few more title defenses, and then kind of looks to see where the middleweight—I mean, the light heavyweight division—is at. I don't know if Glover will even still be here in the next year and well, a half. You don't want Kamaev to get froggy and just jump up and. Next thing you know, he's in your face. He's already fought in middleweight, so we'll see. Yeah, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you rather control your destiny than someone else. Beating Whitaker again, it's like, yo, now I got time to let them figure out the division again and to get me a new contender. So if he beats, you know, Bobby Knuckles, when do they fight? December? January? Something like that. I I can't remember if they have actually booked that. Oh, okay, I don't know. Maybe it was just a report. And then then you say, hey, Glover wants a couple months off. Be like, yo, fight me in May. And let's, let's do this. We shall see. And so it's interesting possibilities there. Let's hit our last break and then come back and preview UFC 268, which goes down Madison Square Garden next weekend. Madison Square Garden shows are always phenomenal. So expect the same from this one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be talking all about that pay-per-view right after this.
Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, as promised, we are closing out the show with UFC 268 going down. Hey, I have down. a question. You always say as promised. That's what ever, I said at the... I know. Yeah. Do, are we ever going to break the promise and just not come back from break? Yeah, <laughs> listen, I don't know what happens in here. It could, <laughs> I just wanted to With know. me? With me, it's always a possibility. Okay. With me, we come back for break, the people hear your voice, they'd be like, yo, what happened? And they'd be <laughs> I, like, yo. I just wanted you to say it as promised. Yo, so, like, someone heard a hot take Kel said. They came through the glass. Next thing you know, I got to finish the show by myself. Um, it's funny, though. People, and my wife listens to like a lot of our shows, and over the six years we've been doing this, I say a lot of the same things over and over. Like, I come in and out of breaks the same way. Our intro's exactly the same. Our outro's exactly the same. Hasn't changed in like four or five years. So I'll add like a little something every now and then, but relatively it's the same. I say the same thing every single show. So even in and out of breaks, yeah, I say the same thing. So no, I'm not going to break the promise. Now you jinxed me. Next week, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be like, well, as promised, I failed. Like, you would just say so. So uh, um, yeah, now we come in and out of breaks all the time, throw off my train of thought here. We're supposed to be talking UFC 268. And MSG. We can do a bizarro show though, now that my mind is working, where you do all the the ins and outs. Oh, that'd be terrible. Well, I'm down for it. It'll be terrible. <laughs> no, I feel yeah. like it'll be normal, but it'll completely freak everyone out. So UFC 268, we have prelim card, only three prelims, which is odd on this one. So but- this is all right. So the, the early prelim prelims have GM Volante. Is on the uh, is on the prelims, which is like all right, cool. Um, so there is what eight, it's thirteen fight show, two title fights. Yeah, two title fights. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether to call this card loaded because there's two. Forget the GM fight. There's two fights on the the prelims that I'm very interested in. Ally Akins is fighting Bobby Green, not even in the main fight on no. the prelims. And then realtor out, but I mean he's in New York. That's a good yeah. New York fight. I just I thought he'd be. He seems like a main card guy still, right? Yeah, but not, not definitely not on this main card. Yeah, and you want to squeeze him in in New York, so I get it. But I would think yeah he should headline the prelims. And Edmund Shabazian is on this card. Yep, who was like the future before he wasn't. Yo, at one point, and then he had the the Ronda Rousey cosign and. Everything was great. I remember, uh, I think it was ESPN before I got there, but it was that prospect, top 25, under 25, number two. Yeah, everybody, everybody thought he was going to be the man. So he's got to show us something. Those something. are the only two fights I'm, like, super interested in. Uh, the Mikalita's fight and the, the Pereira fight is actually really good as well. But uh, Yeah, I mean, Volante's on the super early undercards. Like, I, I like that one. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be action-packed. It's going to be funny, though, because I won't be there because we'll be at Canelo, Caleb Plant. Yes. 
And I was almost there. Like the other day, they asked me to fly to New York and cover it. And I was going to, and I was going to skip Canelo. And then uh, Jake Paul fight announcement came, which we'll talk about on our Ooh, boxing we. show. And then so now we have a Jake Paul presser. Where is that? It's going to be at the little theater, Park MGM. Because <laughs> the yeah. fight. Oh, no, it's going to be MGM Grand. Because yeah. the fight's in the MGM yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand. Okay, that's So right. they're um, going to do it. No, this is my thing. Are they just going to try to contain it to the little press area? Because this they is might. way bigger than that. Yeah, they might, though. Who might got to put them downstairs in the ring. They could. So it's Tommy big. Fury, Jake Paul, like we get that on Saturday, which is adding a ton of work to a ready-packed weekend because I have the well, ESPN Plus card the night before. Well, let's be honest. Caleb Canelo has a terrible undercard. No lie spoken. So I will be watching you yes i will be on my laptop with ufc 268 on my screen all the way up until the main event yeah like i'll have an eye on Darrell. yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe but this undercard is terrible yeah now nah, i'm watching ufc the entire way through i'm i still help the mma squad do some of their work because yeah you're right like i i have that time in between and i don't want to miss these fights like these fights are so good like yeah. the entire card is stacked where the Canelo fight is just Canelo. So, really? It's one, it's one fight card. Yeah. So I get plenty of time to just really focus in on this UFC card and not miss anything for the Canelo fight. Um, to kick off the main card, Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Vera. Marlon Chito Vera, who beat Sean O'Malley. Yo. So. He's going to lose this fight. He might. He probably, he probably will. I'm, pretty, I'm picking Frankie. I mean, 12 years age difference, but I feel like old man, old man got the swag right now. Yeah, they don't always have the swag. But, yeah, I'm picking, I'm picking Frankie. What was the card two weeks ago? Um, Arlovsky won? Oh, yeah, Arlovsky, he gets fed. I don't want to call him cans. No, but it's like. Yeah, it's a theme. Old, old men are on the, on the uptick right now. But, yeah, I'm picking Frankie Edgar. Uh, Marlon Vera, he's pretty good. I mean, yeah. he's got a good ground game. There's other things he can do. Unless Frankie Edgar is just completely washed. I uh, can't pick against him. Is it time to shoot O'Malley? I know it's just kind of random. Is it time to shoot O'Malley up the the rankings and, and like, give him the super push next year? Kind of like Kamayev, kind of like um, so, so I have the other, like, young prospects that they have. On the UFC rankings, I currently have Sean O'Malley ranked 15th. Okay. I have him ranked. The others, some of the other voters do not. I have him ranked 15th. But I know exactly what's going on. They're like, hey, O'Malley, here's these guys. And he's like, hey, no, give me more money. So I think he's going to fight out his contract on, on some lower-level guys. And then, yeah, probably – I don't know how many fights he got left on his contract, but I figure 2022, he'll, by summer, he'll, be, he'll have a major, major – he'll headline a car by summer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably have a random fight night here in Vegas. He could. Yeah, I mean, they may move out of the apex by then. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. that's, that's probably on the horizon. So – um, yeah, we, we'll see. That's, that's just interesting to me because it seems like he's the next guy to want to rock it up the rankings. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't have to go from your number 15 to 13 to 12 to right. 10 to 8. Like, nah, like, you got to strike while the iron's hot on that kid in the division that we just talked about where it's like, yo, it, it could use him yeah. at the top. Not that he's going to win the belt, but, man, it'll, it'll use the excitement. So I'm picking Frankie Edgar, too. Even though one of my first MMA hot takes on this show, I believe it was show I two. Know. Uh, show number one was the, the wild to pimp a butterfly hot take. Show two was Frankie Edgar just doesn't do it for me. 
And that was one of the most famous quotes in this show's history for everyone who is new to the Corner Podcast. But now I like old man Frankie. I said, you know, his well, days right. then were over, and I knew it. I saw the, the gatekeeper, frankly, on, Frankie, on the horizon. He didn't do it for me. But now, you know what? I'm picking him. I like old man Frankie. He's, like, best friends with one of the guys from Jersey Shore. Like, they have a podcast. and so Like, it's, it's cool. Like, all right, Frankie, man. I, I hope you stay around for a couple more years. And then uh, second fight, Shane Burgos, Billy Quarantillo. I don't know what to expect from this fight. Uh, Burgos has lost two in a row. This fight is... But I like Burgos. I like him, too. He lost Edson Barbosa's last time out. I, when I saw this on the main card, I was like, really? They could have put the eye akin to Bobby Green on the main card. Said this yeah. Um, Quarantillo hasn't really fought anybody, but I'm picking him to beat Burgos. I don't know if he's shaking off the two-fight losing streak. I think Quarantillo might extend it. The Josh Emmett fight is, is tough. That's a tough loss. Like... Losing to Josh Evans, like Burgos really hit like a, a rough patch there. But again, this is one of those where you're not a gatekeeper because he's still young and like, you know, on the rise. But it's one of those like, what level are you in this yeah, organization? Figuring it out. In the featherweight, especially in the featherweight division because, dude, you have Holloway, Volkanovski, Ortega, Yair Rodriguez. I mean, you go down this list of all these great fighters. It's like you got to make your mark. Losing two in a row and on the verge of losing three in a row. Like Burgos is basically fighting for his career at this point. Yeah. I don't know where he, after three in a row, it's a wrap. Not in this kind of top heavy division. So he's going to be fighting like hell. I'm still picking him to lose. Yeah, that's tough. It's hard for me to pick here. I'm, I'm just going to go Burgos to be devil's advocate so we don't have all the same picks. All right. But, yeah, like those two losses, man, that, that hurts. Third fight, to me, fight a night. Fight of the year, it could be. Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. My God. How long have we been, we've been waiting for this fight? I've been waiting my whole life for this fight. <laughs> look, look, I've been a big fan of Justin Gaethje since World Series of Fighting. I've been watching Gaethje for years. And I knew, like, they have to cross paths sooner or later. Sometime. And this fight, this, this could be, this could end, like, if it goes the way it could go, there's, there's a couple ways this fight could go. This fight could end really quick. Oh, yeah. And that's not Michael Chandler getting knocked out, in my opinion. I don't think you knock out Gaethje quick. It doesn't happen. Gaethje gets real overzealous. Gaethje he gets rocked. To. He gets rocked, and then what does he do? He just comes like hell. Yeah. So I don't think it'd be a quick knockout, but Gaethje's a different fighter now. He where is. He's a little bit more calculated. calculated Gaethje. But those hands and those leg kicks, I don't know. And his takedown defense. Michael Chandler's great at taking, putting guys on their back. I don't know if he can do that against somebody like Gaethje. You guys are listening to the show. You kind of figure where I'm going with this. I'm picking Justin Gaethje. <laughs> but I think this is going to be an absolute – I think this could be an absolute war. It should be fight of the night. There's no way these two aren't just going to bring it. It reminds me of uh, Diego Sanchez and Clay Guida. Yeah. When they just put their heads down with just like just throwing hands. <laughs> you, knew, uh, you knew what you are going to Yeah, see. it's like you know what you're getting into. I think we know what we're getting into. Probably more technically sound in this, this fight. But I think Gaethje finishes Chandler. I think so, too. I think Gaethje knocks him out. I think the leg kicks do damage. Um, we've seen Michael Chandler's leg in a compromised position and all this stuff. Like, I think the leg kicks have to be a big part of the game plan. Over under a number of times they show the Michael Chandler adoption video. I'd say over under two. Uh, maybe under. I think they've wore that one out. Okay. And I don't think you want to show it and then you go over <laughs> You always run that risk with Michael Chandler. Yeah. I mean... The leg kicks could be a factor. Uh, 
Gaethje might be careful because Chandler will use that to score a takedown. So I don't know how this fight ends. I just think it, it's going to be a violent knockout. I think it's going to be one Somebody of those. Somebody going to sleep. Yeah, I, think, I, th- I just think Chandler's going to get – it's going to be brutal. Chandler's small and compact, a little hard to hit. Gaethje's just – He's going to walk him down. Just, like, yeah. Gaethje is knockout or be knocked out. So I, I love it. And I fully expect Chandler to be the one to be the aggressor early. I fully expect Chandler to try to take the center of the octagon, bring the fight to Gaethje, and, you know, expect that Gaethje meets him in the center of the octagon. I just don't know if Gaethje's going to take that path because he's turned into a different fighter. He used to meet you there and be like, all right, what's up? Yeah. Now he's a guy that's like, all right, let me see what you got. I, I don't know. I don't know what Gaethje we're going to see. I just know I either know. way it's going to be a violent one. Oh, it's going to be great. And then we have uh, Rose Namayunas versus Weili Zhang, co-main. Styles make fights. I mean, Rose made it look easy. Yeah, I don't think she lands that head kick again, though. I think this goes all five. I if think it goes, it's, if it's, it, it's a lot like the Wei Li versus um, Joanna, Joanna fight, where it's like back and forth. They both get offense in. It's, it's just standing applause throughout the whole arena at the end. Um, man. Give me Whaley Zhang by decision. If it goes a distance, Whaley's winning this fight. I don't want to disrespect Rose's heart, but Rose ain't coming to do what Joanna did against Whaley. In terms of five rounds, just yeah. balls of the wall, we're going to beat the hell out of each other. Rose ain't that kind of fighter. Not because she doesn't have heart physically. She's smaller. She's not that kind of fighter. Whaley's more compact, more strong. She ain't going to get hit with that head kick again. I like Rose a lot, though. She, Rose was so smooth. She found her angles and her shots so easy the last time out. It's really, Before the heck. It's really hard to pick this fight because it ended so quick. It was a head kick and a few strikes and it was over. I don't necessarily know if Rose doesn't get that opportunity and Whaley takes it away and turns this into like what she did to Andrade, which is like steamroller. Yeah. I just don't Chess know if man. Rose could stop, stop her. I'm going to pick Zane to get the title back. I don't like picking against Rose, but I just – the five rounds, I think Zhang is – there's a couple things that she said. If you saw, the, like, her pre-fight promo, where she was like, she, it's not like she beat me for five rounds. She just beat me, and all I got to do is, like, fix that, and I'm the champ. I'm the better fighter. I don't think she's wrong. Like No, but, like, the confidence of knowing you can beat someone takes you a long way. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going to pick Zhang by decision or stoppage. I, I, hate, Rose? I, I hate picking against Rose, man. I really do. I just think Zhang is pissed. Yeah. She's going to cut her hair. Rose, Rose surprised me all the time, too. Though. She does. I, she I pick does. against Rose a lot. She does. Like when she, I pick Rose to beat Andraz, and then Rose has slammed on her head. Yeah. Right? She hasn't lost since then. No. So she could very well just be that good. Like Rose walks into a room, and you're like, she's not a fighter. And then she fights. And then yep. she proves us wrong every time. I'm still going to pick Zhang. I'm probably going to eat my words next week. I'm, pick <laughs> I'm picking her, too. And then uh, main event, Kamaro Usman versus Colby Covington. Where did the fake news been name come from? Like, Colby's real corny with the trash. He's wild corny. And wild it's like corny. the MAGA crowd is eating this up. They love it. The fact that I mean, if they love it, I guess it works. The fact that, that Colby's getting this rematch, I don't want to say he doesn't deserve it, but he deserved – he needed – I thought he should have had another fight. Before yeah. getting this rematch, you beat 
Tyron Leon Woodley. Edwards, like, is kind of the, the fight that should have happened. Right. Tyron Woodley got beat by Jake Paul. Does Jake Paul deserve a title? Right. Like, but in Kobe's last win was against Tyron Woodley. Yep. And Tyron basically broke his rib. Does that justify a rematch for the title? No, they want to make money. For that reason, Kamar Usman is going to finish this faster than he did the first time. Mm. There's a couple things that you guys got to know. Kamar Usman holds a ton of UFC records. I had to look this up. He's currently second all-time in the longest winning streak ever in the UFC. Wow. Behind Anderson Silva. Usman has 14 wins in a row. Silva had 16. This is past John Jones. This man hasn't lost. He owns the record for most clinch strikes in a fight. Most, uh, he's tied for fourth for most strikes landed in a fight against Colby Covington. And he, the number 100%. You know what that is? Takedown defense. He's never been taken <laughs> down in his UFC career. It's tough. Never. So you take somebody like Colby Covington, go back to my zombie analogy. Kobe Cummins is not a finisher. He knocked out three of his first five opponents, I think, like Sean Strickland and a few other guys. He knocked out Tyron Woodley, but he hadn't knocked out anybody. To that point. Right. Between, like, the between this time. So you're not really a finisher. You turned Kamaru Usman into a monster. Kamaru Usman went from being his first ten fights at two knockouts. First ten fights. Three of his last four fights, he's knocked people out. It started with Kobe. Then he went to decision with Masvidal. Then he knocked out Burns. Then he knocked out Masvidal. Masvidal had never been knocked out. Burns only got knocked out by Wonder Boy. And Covington had never been knocked out. Yep. Usman, this is food. What can Colby do to keep Usman off of him? Nothing. No. He's going to try to make it more technical. How? But I, I think at this point, yeah, he's not taking him down. You're he's not, not taking bully him down. Him. You're not. T- a man who is 100% takedown defense. His best attribute covington is his toughness his his is cardio that, yeah and he he can stand there and he's not gonna cower in front of usman usman's not gonna break him unless he breaks his jaw but even then i i still think kobe covington would have finished that fight if he was allowed to yeah I, so i, I don't mean, see his I don't, toughness is best quality but toughness isn't enough to win your fight i don't see a path kobe covington winning this fight kamar usman is currently the number one pound for pound fighter in the world Right? John Jones is all pissy about yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. You know, he's like, ah, you know, Israel can't stop a takedown. Dude, you haven't fought in two years, which is crazy because you're still on the list. And they took Joanna off, and Joanna fought sooner than you did. Yeah. But Usman's number one pound for pound. And when I started just digging into all the records that he holds, the only record he doesn't have is most title defenses in the welterweight division. GSP, GSP. has 12. 13. If Usman wins, he'll have five. Yeah, I was about to say, that's a It's a long road a long to catch road. GSP. But the man is, like, top control. He's in the top five all time. Uh, takedown defense, obviously. Even leg strikes. He's in the top three. This dude holds all these records. And here comes Colby Covington with a pea shooter coming to a gunfight. If you can't, you can't knock out Colby, I mean, uh, Kamaro, because Kamaro hasn't been knocked out. You can't take him down because he's never been taken down. You're fighting an angry brick wall who has something to prove, who already knows what you have. And in one fight against Tyron Woodley, Kamaru's looking at that. I was like, is that all he's got? Since that fight, I've knocked out Masvidal. I've knocked out Burns, and I beat Masvidal again. I'm not saying Masvidal is like a world beater, but he knocked them smooth out. Yep. Kobe Covington is getting knocked out. I mean, Burns is really good. Yes. I heard him. You know, Usman came back, rocked. It knocked him like, out. Kobe Covington is getting knocked out 
I say this goes three rounds. Ooh, okay, I'll go two. That's fair. But I, I think he gets stopped. Again. Yeah, he gets stopped. I, I don't think this, there's any way no. that he doesn't get stopped. It's a lot like boxing. It's like we know what happened, and we know, like, stylistically, when someone could make adjustments, come back and do something different, or they whack themselves out or something, okay, stuff can change. Like AJ versus Ruiz. We yeah. knew that second fight. No, this go drastically different. different. Yeah. Um, AJ Usyk? I'm not sure. It, I mean, depending it on could, where AJ shows up. But he can he has try to tools. bully him. Yes. Tools, tools and power. Exactly. Which he didn't exhibit in the first fight right. that he could still use in the second fight. Kobe used all his tools. Yes. We saw the best, despite of what he says, the best tools that Kobe has in that first fight. We saw the best Kobe Covington. And it left him with his jaw broken. What does he do? To, like, what possibly? But he took, what, two rounds? People said it was 2-2 going into final. Okay. So, Added 3-1. So here's the interesting thing about that fight. Kamar Usman got outstruck three of the four rounds in that fight. That should say, well, Kobe should be better, right? But Kobe has no power. Kamar was just much stronger. Yeah. So anything that Kobe throws, he's going to get hit with a sledgehammer because clearly Kamar was strong. I mean, look at him. I, muscles don't always make power, but come on, man. Guy looks crazy. Kobe's going to fight that same fight where he's going to be on his motor, he's going to try to use his jab. Kobe owns the record for most strikes landed in a fight against Robbie Lawler. Wow. Like, he owns the record for that. But the interesting thing is he owns the record because he couldn't finish him. Yeah. So if you can't finish Kamaru Usman, maybe you could outstrike him, but I don't think Kobe's ready for what's going to be coming back to him for five rounds. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. If you, if you can't hurt him, the theme of today's show you're going to have a tough time beating. Yeah, it's the zombie effect, man. You can't just they going to eat your brains, you can't put them down, man. You have to have a bazooka to kill a zombie. A yeah. 9mm ain't working and Kobe's got a pea shooter. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be an interesting night. I think it plays out exactly the same as the first fight just a little earlier, just like you said. I, I think when you have these rematches, and I say this all the time, boxing, MMA, the rematches this close to each other, you know, a fight, two fights later, you're not starting around one, one again. Mm -mm. This is round six and seven of the last fight. And I think Usman has figured it out. Yeah, he's, too, he's, he's the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world for a reason. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Um, funny, I'll be, hopefully, Showtime sends me next to you at this Canelo fight. So this time I can join you in the, in the Wakanda Forever stand-up yes. celebration. Oh, yes. Um, so it's, it's going to be fun. A lot of combat sports this weekend. Make sure you guys... Check out our second show this week. Tons of boxing to talk about. And that's going to be fun. And we haven't talked hip-hop in a while. I got to pick your brain on this Wale album. Okay. And a lot of other stuff. So uh, I, I think maybe, again, I might be a prisoner of the moment. But we'll talk about that on the next show as well. We'll get hip-hop in. All of the boxing talk we have to follow up on. We appreciate everyone for listening. Be safe. Have a fun Halloween. However you celebrate it, trick-or-treating with the kids, going out to a party, drinking. Be responsible. Have fun. Dress up like me if you'd like. Don't do that. <laughs> Listen, whoever has a pair of black DCs on and is Kel for Halloween, I, I would love it. I'm pop, everyone in the chat pops. All our listeners go crazy if someone does that. You just, yeah. Kel Dansby, free T-shirt, a pair of jeans, no belt, and black DCs. That's all you need, baby. That's what all a, you need. Cosplay me. What a hobo outfit. <laughs> It is amazing, amazing outfit. Free 99. 
So we appreciate all you guys out there. Make sure you follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Wire and the network. Shout out to Blue Wire Studios here at the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. If you guys are in town, let us know. Hit us up. Come stop through. Watch us record. Let's have some fun. Shout out to Cole in the booth. Man, always holding it down, making us look great, sound great. The third member of the team in here. Not enough love for Cole, I'm telling you. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter as well. At Coltrane, C-O-A-L-E, train on Twitter. Start dropping your handle too. Cole is the the mad scientist behind this revamp. So um, we appreciate everyone. Until next time, though, I'm going to this bachelor party. I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to wild out. You guys stay safe, too. We're out. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.